Welcome to a special edition of Grand Divisions. This is the day of November 7th. We've got historic wins in the midterm elections for U.S. Senate and governor's race here in Tennessee. Welcome to the show. I'm Joel Ebert. I'm Joey Garrison. I'm Natalie Allison. We're doing a special live recording of this moments after uh, big news coming out of D.C. with uh, Jeff Sessions apparently resigning. We're going to press on and ignore that for now. Let's talk about last night, though, guys. We had uh, Bill Lee and um, Marsha Blackburn win their respective races for governor and U.S. Senate. Uh, both of them are historic in their own right. Uh, Joey, why is Blackburn's uh, win so significant? Well, I mean, we, we thought this was a close race for most of this campaign until about six weeks ago, and things started to change significantly, and it ended up being maybe a 12 or 13-point win for uh, Marsha Blackburn. It's, it it you know, solidifies Republican strength uh, in this state. It makes clear that this, you know, she ran on a, a full-fledged uh, uh, President Trump uh, campaign, and, and, and it, it solidifies this as a, as a real Trump state. And really, I mean, it, this outcome was not really unique to Tennessee, where you had Democrats uh, running for Senate in uh, red, politically red states that Trump carried, states like Texas, Florida, uh, Missouri. Uh, you know, Democrats didn't, well, uh, didn't do well. They lost. Indiana. In, yeah, yeah. The, Indiana. And that Trump message won. And so I think I would look at this, that particular race in, this, in that sort of context. For those that may have missed it, I don't know how, but uh, Marsha Blackburn won with 54% of the vote. Phil Bredesen won with 43%. Bredesen, who last won in 2006, uh, got all 95 counties then. This time around, it's almost complete opposite. He got just three counties uh, that he won, Davidson, Shelby County, and Haywood as of last count from the Secretary of State's office. Uh, in the same time we had the governor's race, those three counties were the only counties that Carl Dean was successful uh, with. And he lost uh, by a margin of 59 percent for for Bill Lee to 38 percent. Natalie, why is uh, that election historic? Well, it's the first time a Republican is taking over the office of governor from another Republican since 1869. Uh, we could get into what it mean, what it meant to be a Republican then. Let's not. But <laughs> I don't on know paper, it it's historic. Uh, it also is the first time since Winfield Dunn took over in 1971 that uh, the parties have not switched. They've done that back and forth since since he took over. And I, I was talking to Professor John Gear, a Vanderbilt professor, this morning about that. And, you know, I mean, Carl Dean really had to make the argument that we needed to go in a different direction or that he was the logical extension of Bill Haslam. It's hard to make when you are of the opposite party, when uh, Governor Haslam has endorsed Bill Lee. Uh, and so the, the, the whole premise of we need to shift gears uh, it, it wasn't able to be successful in the long run, it appears. No, it wasn't. He he spent the campaign trying to appeal to moderates and saying, I'm just like Haslam. I'm more like Haslam than Bill Lee is. And that message didn't, didn't resonate with people enough. I mean, he lost by 20 points. Last night were obviously huge nights for both the, the winning candidates, but of course for their parties, um, uh, or at least for the Republican Party, right? That they, they keep the governor's mansion, uh, when in previous, you know, as you point out, it had switched every eight years. Um, Blackburn, I mean, it's huge for the the 
I would say the Tea Party aligned far right wing of the party. Joey, talk to us about, you know, what does this mean for the Republican Party this year? Well, I mean, you, you referenced some of those counties where, you know, Bredesen only winning three counties compared to winning all 95 counties in his 2006 re-election bid. Well, you look at those, uh, he won a lot of these rural counties in his 2002 run. Um, you know, now these were places, uh, more recently, where Trump won by like 80%. Right. And so the question was, well, maybe, you know, you know Bredesen could could run on some, some of his brand uh, that he w- had as a popular two-term governor to get that margin, you know, maybe not win some of those counties, but have him closer to 50-50, win some here. And some of those, those there. there were only nine counties that Bredesen yeah. held, or, or Blackburn won by he a 50 simply, to 59% right. margin. He simply could not compete in those areas. And quite frankly, the Democratic brand is just abysmal across this state. I think voting for a Democrat is just a non-starter for a wide segment of the population in this state. The, I mean, that is my, that, and I think that is the truth in a lot of politically red states across the country, those states that we talked about, where again, you just see uh, in rural counties, the Republican fearing in just, you know, s- you know, seismic levels that matched those Trump margins in 06. I mean, none more so than in Wayne until, County. Right. Wayne County yeah, last Wayne, night. But you could go down any But any last number. night, the yeah. same exact margin that Trump won in 2016 yeah. in Wayne County. Um, Marsha Blackburn got 79% right. of the I mean, vote you could there. go down the Donald list. Donald Trump got There's, the same I think there, how many... There counties were, did she win there with were, 70%? There uh, were so. 70 counties or 40 counties with 70% or more that Blackburn got the vote. Uh, 60 to 69%, she had 42 yeah. of those And counties. again, this can't be overstated enough. These are counties that Bredesen won in our political and our politics 10 years ago in the state. That is all out the window. And, and so going into this race, I always thought, well— you know, for Bredesen to compete, let's say he's, you know, not going to win in these rural areas because they are so pro-Trump that a Democrat can't win there. Well, if he were to compete, it would be from uh, doing the larger other, other, in, other areas, well, Hamilton and. Well, those, but then the suburbs. I right. mean, so that goes without saying he'd need to win Nashville, Memphis, uh, Chattanooga, and Knoxville. He actually lost the latter two barely. But, you know, reflecting some of the gains Democrats made in House seats to get control of the House, you would need to maybe compete in the suburbs, Williamson, Montgomery, Rutherford, Wilson counties. He did uh, do a little bit better uh, in those than Democrats historically fare. In fact, he almost won Montgomery County, which has Clarksville. Right. So that, that almost was won 40... Rutherford County, which has Murfreesboro and Smyrna. But and he did better, I think, 40 low 40s in Williamson, which, you know, uh, you know, that includes the heart of Blackburn's district right. and was is, you know, one of the historic Republican fundraising grounds in the but whole state. For a Democrat to have a chance statewide, they have to win Knox County or Hamilton County, both of those. Yeah. In addition to Shelby and of course Davidson, Bredesen lost those. Yeah, lost he can't those. lose. And then going to my you win. know suburban argument here, I mean, he just didn't get to the level that he would need to make up the difference in these rural spots. I think for Democrats to eventually be able to compete again, it might have to be through a suburban path, chip away each year at the donut counties around Nashville, as opposed to all of a sudden thinking you're going to win, uh, you know, in some of these real small counties that for years were historically democratic. Natalie, uh, we have put in a request to Marsha Blackburn to have a, a you know, a, um, sit down with her and talk about the election, but you were able to uh, at least somewhat get with the uh, governor-elect uh, Bill Lee today when he was at an avail with uh, Governor Haslam. Tell us, what was what was that like? Yeah, so this is the same thing that Haslam did uh, eight years ago with standing on stage with Phil Bredesen. Um, 
Haslam said he remembered it just like it was yesterday. Uh, it was it was mostly a formality. Uh, they stand on stage. Haslam says the transition's going to be great. It's going to be smooth. Uh, this time it was a little bit different because it was two Republicans on stage, which we have not seen um, in any recent history. And so uh, it was it was mostly the two of them praising each other. Bill Lee saying this is this my job is going to be fairly easy because of what Bill Haslam has done. And and Bill Haslam saying, you know, they're, they're going to do great. I, I believe that Bill Lee is the right choice for us. Um, we asked him some questions about, you know, what's next. He, he generally mentioned criminal justice reform. He said he wanted to immediately address escalate, escalating health care costs. He didn't say how. Um, he also, again, like he did last night, talked about rural Tennessee and he wants to put an emphasis on rural Tennessee areas that are in poverty. He didn't mention specifics. Um, so we have to keep asking him about that and see what he says. Who else was in the audience? I mean, I had seen some photos online that showed some lawmakers were there, uh, peers, maybe lobbyists, you know, folks that are trying to cur- curry early favor with the next governor. It looked like Randy Boyd was there. He tweeted a photo really? from the back of the room. I missed that. that. Or someone texted it to him, but he tweeted a photo uh, congratulating Bill and, and it, he was presenting himself as someone who was there. We didn't actually well, see Well, he there. is the, what, you interim UT president, right? So I guess no hard feelings over makes the sense uh, that brutal primary there. relies quite a bit on the governor. Right. Uh, so. Andy Holt was easy to spot with his hat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were there were a few other lawmakers there. I, I, I saw Eric's tweet with the So any collage. sense on what, like, his first issue issues are going to be in terms of... The three that I just mentioned just, are the I mean, ones those, he's sort of okay. reiter- reiterating. He's, um, he, he's... He hasn't released a lot of information about what specifically he's going to do. We also asked about cabinet. Um, He said he had not begun thinking about it. He would start doing that today. Later in a gaggle with Haslam, Haslam said he knew that Bill Lee had already started thinking about Which it. Which I have heard the same, so I'm sure. glad the governor confirmed yeah. so, that. And of course, he's got like a two-and-a-half-month we'll transition, soon. right? I mean, this Yeah, is so until, effectively like, till January. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, we, uh, of course, are going to keep track of all new developments. We've got a whole slew of new stories and analysis and uh, countless stuff coming out in the next three days that will keep us uh, alive as long as we're drinking more coffee. Uh, but let's move on to the legislature, the state legislature. Um, there were a couple of developments, nothing earth shattering. Uh, but Natalie, take us through some of those. Well, Republicans are still in control in Tennessee. Surprise. That did not change. Uh, but, you know, some seats flipped here and there. Uh, the Democrats got Speaker Beth Harwell's seat in Nashville, Bob Freeman. Which is significant, right, Joey? That's a, yeah, a that's, huge uh, pickup. So Bob Freeman, son of uh, wealthy Democratic donor uh, Bill Freeman, uh, th- that was a race that they uh, they had targeted from the very beginning. It's one of those districts against it's in Davidson County, but it's a suburban affluent district where the Republican brand could actually be hurt by President Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's kind of what I'm thinking uh, in terms of him, sort of the context of him winning that race. But he also won, won a, ran a really a good campaign, had a lot of uh, uh, television ads on his side, had a lot of money to work with. And then, you know, I, I, from all accounts, worked hard for that. So he beat, he beat uh, Brent Moody, uh, the Republican. But that's one of those I think it could end up being sort of like one of these seats like Bo could Mitchell is, is going to be competitive every yeah. two years. So yeah, and, and, and speaking of that, yeah. we saw that in East Tennessee with Gloria Johnson. Right. She beat out Eddie Smith. That's a seat that has gone back and forth. Between them, yeah. Between yeah. those two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the Republicans, you know, they they kept some other seats that, you know, there was a there were questions about whether they would. They uh, picked up Craig Fitzy. They did pick up Craig Fitzhugh's seat. Um, That 
you know, it was expected to go to the Republicans right. for the most part. Um, some other ones that were worth looking at, Martin Daniel, he beat out Greg McKay. Um, we had Chris Hurt. That's the guy who picked up uh, Fitzhugh's seat. Uh, Brian Kelsey, he beat out Gabby Salinas. That was a pretty close race, closer than anyone thought. Uh, of course, Brian Kelsey got the help of... How close was of, it? It was just a few thousand votes. Hmm. Um, I think it was like 53% he won by. Um, and they got 300000 bucks from uh, Randy Governor. McNally's yeah. pack there. Uh, so it seemed like that was that was needed. Um, and then in back in East Tennessee, uh, Richard Briggs, he beat Jamie Ballinger, but that was a closer race than maybe anyone thought. In both that case of Kelsey and, and Richard Briggs, they were challenged by two Democratic women who, you know, were new to the game and and they they gave them a run for their money. Continuing along uh, the line of no surprises, there were no shakeups in the congressional delegation. Uh, we expected folks like Republican Tim Burchett of East Tennessee to win the seat that Jimmy Duncan, uh, longtime Republican, held, uh, and he did. Uh, we saw Mark Green, longtime state senator, become an, uh, you know a new uh, member of Congress, defeating Justin Canoe. Uh, here in Middle Tennessee area. Uh, so the, the makeup is still the same in uh, Tennessee's congressional delegation with the notable difference obviously being Marsha Blackburn, first female U.S. senator for uh, the state. Uh, anything that you guys have as, as parting thoughts that you, you'd like to share on uh, this historic midterm that we had yesterday? Well, I mean, I, I just think going into it uh, – you know, into this campaign, we thought we were in store for our first real competitive statewide elections in a long time. And it was really not so much. I mean, I think there was always this assumption a year ago that, hey, Democrats could capitalize on what could be a revolt against President Trump. Um, you know, that wouldn't put, you know, give give Democrats a real chance. Well, that revolt never happened. And in fact, I mean, his approval rating is higher right now in Tennessee than it was a year ago. So, you know, I think just that overriding factor is what spoiled Democrats' hopes uh, and really made this what we've come to expect in this state, which are, you know, Republican trounces in, in statewide elections here. Well, and Joey, when we were talking last night, I mean, you made I, I thought it was a very astute observation how far this state has come since Phil Bredesen's last run in 2006. Right. Then when you had Harold Ford uh, running for office. Yeah, sometimes it's kind of amazing when you look at that 06 map. You're like, wow, Democrats, African-American Democrat uh, running for, in 2006, Harold Ford Jr. won a lot of rural counties, uh, you know, in the state. And, and just looking at the map, comparing to what we've come to expect now in, in statewide elections, it's almost hard to believe you're looking at the same state. Natalie, what's next for us in politics? We're not ending here. Uh, what's coming up on the on the docket of uh, things to pay attention well, to? Well, we're going to figure out who the, the next governor is going to appoint to his cabinet. That's something we're looking at. We're going to find out who's going to be in charge over at the legislature. The Republicans have uh, their leadership elections coming up soon. That's something you and I are going to be following. The House is going to have theirs, I believe, in two weeks. So we've yeah. got uh, all important race and so uh, we'll see who's, who's going to be running the show over there. Um, and, and with that, we'll find out what, what's going to be on the agenda. What issues are they going to take up? There was a, 
a committee meeting uh, this September about criminal justice reform. That's obviously something Bill Lee is mentioning now uh, that he has been elected. And so that is something we could potentially see. Uh, whereas Carl Dean was saying if he won, he would call a special session to take up Medicaid expansion. Bill Lee says he does want to immediately address health care costs. So we'll see what he does with that. All that coming up in the next few weeks, we will be on top of it. We may take a short break from the podcast. We're really trying to see if we can get uh, with one of the candidates for an extended interview. So stay tuned. Uh, we will have an update if we you know, are going to have a new episode. There's also a lingering episode out there that Natalie and I recently did for Book TV when uh, the Southern Festival of Books uh, was here in Nashville recently. So that's going to drop at some point Bonus soon, content, we hope. Uh, it's an hour, so it's it's going to be thrilling uh, content, I assure you. Uh, but for it's today... Be really good. <laughs> for today, thanks again for, for tuning in. Grand Divisions is available most Tuesdays, should be available in the, the coming Tuesdays. Uh, please continue to review us and rate us on wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us uh, uh, prove why we have value here in the Tennessee. Uh, An honest five-star <laughs> review please <laughs> and uh, uh the podcast is produced by john garcia as always today's special uh video edition brought to you by michael schwab here uh if you have any questions ideas uh, feel free to tweet at us i'm joel ebert i'm joey garrison and i'm natalie allison thanks again for tuning in we'll see you next time <laughs>